Blog Talk Radio. another edition of Let's Talk TV Live. I'm your host, Barbara Barnett. I'm executive editor and senior TV and film editor of Blog Critics Magazine and proprietress of the Let's Talk TV TV discussion blog. Um, We are very, very excited to welcome Jane Espenson to the show tonight, and she is in the green room. Hi, Jane. Uh, I'm going to bring her on in just a minute. Um, just Just a real quick couple of things. Um, number one, uh, I did a great interview this afternoon with author Kevin J. Anderson, who is a prolific and wonderful writer. And so look for that uh, interview on Blog Critics probably early next week, where he talks about his brand new book, Hellhole Awakening, which is a sequel to Hellhole and part of a trilogy. Uh, next Thursday, I've been invited to a, um, a media event by HBO, which is premiering um, Game of Thrones, and it is all uh, medieval attire encouraged, so I'm going to take lots of pictures and hopefully talk to people and screen the first episode of Game of Thrones, and I will be um, talking about that in a couple of weeks. So without any further ado, I'm going to bring on Jane. Jane? Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Very good. Good, good. Thank you for coming on the show again. Oh, I'm always happy to be here. It is always fun to have you, and uh, the fans love it, and I've got a very packed chat room right now, so um, very, very exciting. Um, And what a wonderful time to have you on just after that amazing, fantastic, in my opinion, equal to Skin Deep episode that aired on Sunday night. Thank you. Yeah, I thought it turned out really well. I thought um, Robert's, Bobby's performance was just outstanding. Stunning, just stunning. And and all the performances, it wasn't yes. just him. It was really, and one of the things that I thought was the most amazing, one of the most amazing things about it, besides all the incredible emotional beats and, and the storyline, was how you interwove pretty much every major storyline into the episode without giving any short shrift to anyone. That's true. As you get uh, into that second half of the season, you start, you've got a lot of threads and you've got to braid them all in. And that's not, that's not what I would consider one of my primary skills. That's where I really rely on David Goodman and the rest of the writing team there at once. And of course, Eddie and Adam, who, who really steer the ship and decide Mm -hmm. what's going to happen and what's going to happen in each episode and all the orders in which it's going to happen. And I just get to sit there and write dialogue and write, write scenes. And that's, that's the thing I love best. It's great. That is great. Um, So before we get started talking about uh, the episode and and what might be coming up on the show, um, you've got WonderCon coming up. Yeah. Yes, uh, Brad Bell and I and and Sean Hemian are going to be at WonderCon, and we're gonna. Um, that is the very end of this month, and so that is going to be right. the first event that we are going to have after the uh, Husbands comic book comes out. So you know, we did our show Husbands, and then we did uh, a comic book based on it, and mm-hmm. they're putting out this beautiful, gorgeous hardcover edition of it with all this supplemental material and. 
So pretty. And that's going to be in comic book stores on uh, at the end of March, on March 27th, I think, and then in bookstores on April 9th. So we're going to actually have some copies there. I understand our course is bringing in copies, and we're going to be able to uh, to sign and and show people show people how beautiful it is when it's actually printed on paper. Wonderful! Can't wait yeah. to see it. I yeah. won't be at WonderCon, but I will be at Comic Con later this year. I actually have a hotel now. So nice. Not easy to come by. I've got no. two rooms, so unless I get some more, I'm going to squeeze all of Team Husbands into two rooms. <laughs> wow! Yeah, I, I'm not. I didn't get one of my six uh, my six choices, but I did. But I did get. It did pretty well. Good. Um, but yeah, and and actually, uh, the Paley panel that you that that the cast did and Eddie and Adam did mm-hmm. uh, last week. I saw you in the audience, and was that Brad that I saw sitting next to you? Yes, Brad Bell, the uh, my writing partner and the other producer, um, the other executive producer of Husbands, was there at uh, at the Paley event with me, and it turned out he was wearing the exact same thing as Lana. It was hilarious. Uh, yeah, so that that was a fun chance. We had to go hang out and meet some fans. And we're also going to do a trip to New York on April 8th and 9th where we're going to sign books at a couple of different bookstores in New York City. And uh, we're, we've got trips coming up to, to Seattle and Portland. And we're trying to get some stuff nailed down in Vancouver and the Bay Area. And we're going to be wow. just um, all over the place. So people should... Follow at Team Husbands uh, or me at Jane Espenson on Twitter, and you'll keep up to date with all of this exciting, exciting upcoming husband stuff. Fantastic. I just saw a woohoo Seattle from Our Heart Chrissy, who's actually uh, another writer at Blog Critics, and she's in Seattle. My daughter is in Seattle, so I have to find out when that's going to be because she is a big fan of yours from back in the Buffy days. I am looking at our schedule, and it looks like we will be at the University Bookstore uh, in Seattle on April 30th. Okay, oh, which is good because she's at the university. so Perfect. <laughs> I will let her know and everybody in the audience. Um, so let's get to uh, Sunday nights. I just keep thinking last night's episode because I normally do my show on Monday nights, and this is not Monday. It is Tuesday, um, so I have to keep remembering that. Um so I have to ask, and maybe it was my TV, but I noticed that Rumpel's appearance seemed a little golder than usual. He had more sparkly stuff on. Was that intentional, or was that just the lighting or my TV? Oh, I, did, I didn't. I didn't notice it. Um, I I don't know what that was. Maybe they've changed the formula for the Rumpel makeup, but I, I hadn't heard anything about it. Okay, it was just. I was just curious if there was anything significant about it, or if it was just. It just seemed really. A little different, maybe mm. it's I don't know. Who knows about these things? Um, well, I remember when I used to watch Star Trek: Next Generation that I thought Data in some mm-hmm. episodes looked different than in others, and I yeah. I I assume that it's just lighting. That would be the yeah. most likely thing. Also, you know, they do color correction on the scenes, so after they're filmed, they they adjust the colors. Um, so I suspect that would also change how the makeup would look. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine. I remember that about Star Trek: Next Generation. And I thought it was only me or my TV. So did you start from the classic story of Rumpelstiltskin, which this takes off of, which which it riffs on? Um, where did you start with this story? I know Adam and Eddie tell you kind of where to go with it, but mm-hmm. where were you writing from when you when you we wanted definitely. to tell Rumpel? 
we definitely all quickly reread the uh, Rumpelstiltskin story, which takes about two minutes because it's not a lot of story. Um, no. And it's a very, it's a, you know, in it's such a folk tale. Mm-hmm. Um, and folk tales, you know, uh, don't have a ton of character development, and um, you know that's just not what they're there for. Um, and and it's got this very a thing you couldn't really do, which is the um, if you guess my name thing. And right. then she she goes and overhears him saying his own name out loud. Which if you are the kind of guy who is making large wagers balanced on whether or not someone knows your name, you probably shouldn't be dancing around your little cabin screaming your own name out loud. <laughs> that uh, a little crazy anyway in that story. Yeah, and then there's this crazy ending in some versions of the story where he gets so angry at the end that he stomps his foot, which buries his foot in the ground, and then he grabs his other foot and rips himself clean in half. <laughs> okay, this is clearly suffering from having been handed down for hundreds of years. <laughs> this, I, I find this an implausible end to a character. Um, so, you know, we we checked in on the folktale, but in fact we sort of knew the emotional journey that we wanted to take him on, which is always where we start. Um, it's much more about bending the folktale to our purposes than it mm-hmm. is about finding an interesting folktale. Uh, so a lot, a lot of times I see people saying, you know, do this particular, you know, um, we've got great folktales in Brazil or something, and undoubtedly that's true, but they're not going to resonate. Like we right. use them to make the story that we want to tell resonate with the audience, but but not because we're in the business of sort of telling fairy tales. We're in the business of telling you about these characters. Right, right, absolutely. Um, and, you know, and Rumpel's care. you know, it's, it's interesting that Rumpel's been involved in half the stories that you guys have told, and now here we are back to his original or at least your take on his original story so that was kind of a yeah that is interesting isn't it that you know we i mean it's it's really not his i mean it's his signature story yeah we started his his story a lot earlier than that but it is kind of interesting that it's you know it's cora's origin story i mean and it's yeah it's the miller's daughter it's a really basic folk tale fairy tale that most people know um and and it did. It took us till almost the end of season two to get to it. But yeah, you know, I think early on, a lot of people, including me, sort of when they heard the original premise, were like, "Well, there's only so many fairy tales. You know, you're going to tell a season, and you're going to be, you know, deep in the really exotic ones that nobody knows." But in fact, we're finding it hard to even get around to telling a basic one sure. like that until really deep in the series because there's just so much, so much stuff to play with with this world and these people. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there are so many different um, threads and streams of folk tales and legend. Um, one of my favorite sources for um, for legend is the child ballads and and all those great mm-hmm. fairy stories, Tamlin and Prince Even and the two uh, two magicians and all kinds of cool stuff. And you haven't gone there yet. I don't know if you will. It would fit, but. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, they've got to be ones that are really in the public consciousness. Sure. So, you know, even something, you know, um, I mean, obviously anything in Arthurian legend, people people tend to know the basics of some mm-hmm. of that stuff. And, right. Um, but they they don't know, you know, the wife of Bath's tale from Chaucer or something. Right. But, you know, right. <laughs> um, no. And, you know, and we really, yeah, and we really, you could really take a story, you know, someone like um, Snow White or, or, um, Little Red Riding Hood or something, and just go. Here's a whole bunch of adventures they had that you never knew about. 
Right. So in a way, we don't ever have to worry about. We can tell our own stories, sure, um, and just fit them into our biography of of our characters. Right. You can keep going back to the same story, mm-hmm. but tell their backstory, their origin story, their what a happened romance you never line. knew they had with some char- some original character. You know. Right. 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 Yeah. Which is great. What a great endless pool. Um, it is. So I wanted to ask, I, I really loved Rose McGowan's take on Cora. I thought it was mm-hmm. great. But I thought it was really interesting. Even though she ripped out her own heart, um, she seemed really sorry about it. Her eyes were all teary, and she seemed like she had a lot of remorse about that in that scene with Rumpel. Did, did you write that in, or was that something that Rose brought into it? Oh, yeah. I mean, the the, the dialogue indicates that, that she is... Um... She's conflicted about it. She's remorseful, but not so remorseful she can't do it. And I think that's, I think taking out your heart just takes the edge off a little bit. You think? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's not, it doesn't clearly render you uh, an automaton, um, but it also certainly makes you capable of doing things. And I mean, we saw the difference. You saw, I think we really illustrated in the end of the episode, what the difference is between Coral with and without a heart. Um, when she said you would have been enough. Um, yeah. Like you you get that, oh, all that all that evil ambition and stuff, she could have let go of that if she'd kept the heart. Boy, if I was Regina, I would really take that line to heart. Yes, that's exactly the lesson one should take. But when one is holding one's dead mama, is it the one you actually take? <laughs> No, I have a feeling Regina has other things on her mind than, you know. Than loving, yeah, turning her other cheek and and letting love be enough. She's not in that place right now. Yeah. Um, I thought that scene, I thought the the whole bit with um, uh, Cora's rejection of Rumpel made the Skin Deep uh, episode where Rumpel is so self-hating and and so believes mm-hmm. himself to be no one could ever love me mm-hmm. and that just to me just tied right into to that. Yes, that was a thing that uh Eddie and Adam were really focused on of like motivating why does Russell feel Russell why does Rumpel <laughs> feel that way um and and so making sure um yeah, to really motivate that and to make yeah, to make this story make sense in that context because we don't ever want to say nothing should supplant another episode. It should always inform it. Um, one of the things that I think is, is really interesting is the uh, fact that Rumpel has his heart, mm-hmm. right? He's got his mm-hmm. heart. Mm-hmm. Cora as, far as, as far as we know, yeah. Well, he said. Yes, he has. There's a line of dialogue that says, yes. "This poison is going to my heart." So that's a good point. You're right. <laughs> it's, you know, it would make sense. Yes. Uh, not to say he couldn't take it out at some later point. <laughs> or maybe that's he did true. put it back in. I have no idea. You want um, to have it taken out and just have the valves clean now and then? <laughs> well, he's pretty old, so maybe that that would make sense. That would make sense. Um, it. All of this, you know, between Skin Deep and this episode and and why he was so ready to believe that Cora could love him tells us something about Rumpel. What what are we what are we taking away from this that, you know, it was so easy for him to fall in love with her. Right. He he um 
Well, zero. I mean, there was there was about there was some time that that we skipped. There was some time between uh, like making out by the spinning wheel and uh, um, she's in the bride gown, and mm-hmm. we don't know how long that was, and we don't know if there was some like some reluctance there. How you know? Uh, how easy was it for him to fall in love with her? We don't actually know because we sort of skipped that time, but he certainly mm-hmm. did. Um, yeah, you know, obviously kissing her didn't didn't derumple him. So no. it certainly seems to be um you know, a different kind of love than he had with Belle. He says on the phone call there something like there've been other people who may have been a better match for me, but you're the one that made me want to be a better man. Yes, it was worth like to that effect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you have, you know, you, you certainly have the feeling that in a way, he and Cora were a better match, depending on how you define better. They were more similar. Mm-hmm. They probably would have encouraged each other in really terrible ways. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, partner but in that, <laughs> But there was something different about Belle. So, uh, yes, he fell in love with Cora much less reluctantly than he fell in love with Belle, but he fell in love with Belle apparently a little bit better, according to the whatever governing body determines whether or not you're going to get de darked one. <laughs> this is true. Mm-hmm. This is true. Um, you know what? I'm going to take a call because somebody's cool. been hanging on for all this time, so hang on a second. Sure. Hi, you're on Let's Talk TV Live with Jane Espenson. Um, do you have a question or comment? I'm online. Yeah. No, you're here. You're oh, here with us. <laughs> you're really in live. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is just okay. Um, this is to all the hook, um, hook Emma shippers out there, but it's mostly about uh, um, hook. Uh, when is he going to come back? Because he was really missed by um, by his hooker fans. That's what we call ourselves. Oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. Oh yeah, he's on his way back. He's got. He remember they left him locked in that basement in New York City, and he'll be back very soon in one of the upcoming episodes. There's only a few left before the end of the year. That was episode sixteen that just aired. I think right. out of twenty two, and he's going to be coming back soon. Uh, and oh boy, oh boy, I think I there's he's got some good stuff coming up. Okay. Well, um, yeah. What episode specifically, if I ask, if I if it's a big secret, I understand. Uh, no, I I I don't think the guys have announced, so I don't think I'm free to say. So I mean, normally I would just say, oh, it's this one, but they, I'm actually trying to remember. Is he in seventeen? I can't remember if he's in seventeen or if he comes back in eighteen. Um, but he's coming up soon. I know okay, well, they announced. Oh, sorry. I know that they announced at Paley the uh, names of the final two sort of. Two-parter episode, second star to second star to the right and straight on till morning, which morning. is yeah clearly a, a Peter Pan <laughs> reference, which is the world he comes from. Yeah. But um, but so yeah, but I I think he's back before that. I'd have to go back and look at and remember which exactly which episode it's in. And, and um, but but it's coming up. Don't worry, there's there's lots more hook to come. Okay, thank you so much. No problem. It was a pleasure talking to you. I love talking to you. you. (laughs) Thanks. Goodbye. And if you guys, if you want to call in, the number is 718-305-6982, or you can call in via Skype by clicking the little tab at the top of the screen. Um, So I want to switch to Snow White. 
Mm-hmm. And when I, 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 the first thing that I thought after seeing the episode, and boy, seeing the episode two weeks before it aired is such a terrible thing. It Why? Was What's bad about it? No, it was everything I could do not to just spoil oh, it. Oh, yeah. You know, and I got, believe me, I got tempted by lots of people. It's like, what can I give you? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> nothing, yeah. nothing, nothing. My lips are sealed and I have, you know, can't do it. But the mm-hmm. thing that just really struck me was what a game changer this was for her. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the previous episode, she was all, I'm going to kill her. Um, and then at, at the end of this one, she's uh, she's bursting in that room trying to stop it. So um, uh, where is she going to go now? How do you come back from that? Uh, a, a lot of people have commented on, you know, like, like you know, Regina's done. Regina gets a lot of blame for the dark things she's done. Uh, are there going to be repercussions for Snow having done something dark? And oh yeah, they, there certainly will be. This is not an easy thing. Snow says earlier, or Charming says earlier in the episode about like you know if something dark has to happen, I need to do it, not you, because I know you and you won't be able to take it. So we're going to see you know whether he was right about that. Mhm. Yeah, and I you know it's interesting seeing David slash Charming. Um, he was really not so happy. It's like, what did you do? And I'm wondering how is it is it going to affect their marital relationship? I definitely think that his "What did you do?" was like, "What have you done to yourself?" Mm-hmm. Um, I I definitely read it out of concern for her okay. more than more than anger. Although you know, in real people, those things are often adjacent. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll see how it goes. But uh, charming, charming. Really, 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 really loves her. I think that is the thing we can safely say about Snow White and Prince Charming. And he's going to be much quicker to sympathize with her than blame her. And it is actually really nice, at least for me as a viewer and someone who likes their fantasy a little darker, um, to see a little bit of darkness in Mm -hmm. Snow, to have her not be so perfect. Yes, and I think that, you know, Snow White, the very name is so sweet, Um, and I agree. It's nice to see flesh and blood, Um, and I saw a lot of people in the Twitter feed as the episode was airing going like, well, this doesn't seem like a wrong thing for me to do to, you know, she's protecting her family. She's being proactive about it, but um, some people were totally on board with it. I'm not totally on board with what she did, but I get why she did it. I I get where she did it, and I uh, I I don't know that she was wrong. I think it's one of those stand your ground kind of situations. Yeah. Like when is it when is it legit to fire the gun when you know the person's coming into your house or when they're actually in the house? Yeah. And then we have, of course, you know, Regina has her mom back, like really has her mom back. Well, she for- did briefly. Yeah, that's what I mean. For just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before it's ripped away from her and she dies. Yeah. And, um, wow, we're back to kind of square one. You killed, I mean, because Snow, her, mm-hmm. her grievance about Snow is that she killed someone she loved. Well, yeah, now well, she's yeah, done yeah, it all over led, again. Led to the death of Daniel, and this was much more direct. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and her mother, yeah, that's not going to be, um, that's going to be hard to patch up. Um, but we're going to see a little um, Snow Regina backstory in one of the upcoming episodes um, that might surprise you. 
Hmm. Hmm. Did you tease just a little bit? About I it? think I just did. Oh, <laughs> darn. <laughs> you know, that actually brings me to something um, that, that you are and I are in complete agreement on and something that really bothered me about um, ABC Media Net. Sorry, guys. Um, the, the press site is they made available so much of the episode before it aired. And I don't mean to the press. I mean, because as press, we're like, we can't tell anything to anybody that isn't like, that is going to give anything away. But there were like four or five clips, including the phone call between Rumpelstiltskin and Belle, which I thought was a a horrible thing to put out there. Um, And then they decided to air, to, to make public those 10 minutes, I think, that they showed at Paley. So you've got like, what, Huge tw- proportion, oh, yeah. Yeah, like ha- almost half the episode is already yeah. out there. I I think that I'm sort of okay with it. I mean, I was when I heard the phone call with that, I was like, oh, that's a shame because it really it plays so beautifully in the context of the episode, it and it's so late in the episode, yeah. it's such a culmination that I was like, yeah. oh, that's so much better enjoyed that way. But I feel like there, I don't. It doesn't seem to draw the numbers down. Um, you know, people, who's going to watch it and then go, oh, well, I'm satisfied. I don't need to see any more. People right. still want to watch the episode. Right. Um, so, you know, from a from a success of the show viewpoint, it doesn't seem to hurt. And people have the choice of clicking or not clicking. And there are some right. people who just want to be spoiled. Yep. Um, and they don't, they don't okay. mind. They want to know now, now, now. And so, I, you know, they're being served. People who don't want to know don't have sure. to click. Uh, it's a little tough now with social media because – it's harder and harder to stay unspoiled. Baby, you don't click, but you go on my Twitter yeah. and you see everybody talking about the phone call. And it's right. that, that you just knowing that can feel like, like you've been spoiled. I don't want right. to know that there's a rumple phone call, you know. So I, 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 sympath- I, I see both sides of it. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I know. And, in fact, when I, when I wrote, because I wrote my, I wrote a pre-review of it that went the Sunday, the, the Friday before it aired, and I was really kind of torn about putting the sneak peeks in, but everyone else was doing it. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. But I put a big, like, sign above it. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, this is a if – you, if you don't want to be spoiled by one of the really most lovely scenes in the episode, don't um, don't watch this. Just skip it. Yeah, I think that's the only way to do it right now if they're going to be putting stuff out there like that is just make sure people know what they're clicking on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I was actually surprised at the promo that was chosen to promote next week's the um coming up next week on on Once Upon a Time, they didn't say the thing that I think is the most crucial to know about next week's episode, which is an episode that tells you about the very first day of the curse, which is a yeah. really special concept and beautifully done, beautifully written by Ian Goldberg and Andrew Chambliss. Um so every, you know, all the fans should make sure they tune in next week to watch the um the very first day of the curse. I'm really excited about that. That should be a lot of fun. It's um, funny. It's really hilarious. I have a question, and then I'm going to take another call. And then it's also really fun. tragic. Oh, <laughs> Just in okay. case people go, I think your idea of hilarious is misleading. Okay. <laughs> go on. Uh, sorry, that's okay. Um, we've got another person in the in the uh, line, in the phone line, but I want to ask you, Somebody and I've got a bunch of things that people have been tweeting and emailing me the last few days to ask you as well. Um, Rumble's ring, his blue ring. Is there something significant about that, or is that just a really cool ring? 
it's just a really cool ring right now. Um, you know, here's the thing about TV is as much as, you know, we try to, you know, work as much out in advance as we can, to a certain extent, you can't know every detail of every story that's going to right. come up over the next seven years. So we could at some point make that ring significant. We could tell a story about that ring. Um so if I say right now that it doesn't have significance, then I look like a fool later when it does. Uh-huh. Um, and okay. I've destroyed the and I've destroyed the magic of the storytelling. Um, so I guess all I can do is sort of shrug and wink and go keep watching. Okay. But, but okay. in okay. fact, it doesn't. <laughs> As of right the second, it doesn't have okay. any significance. I'm sure I, it's just something he liked that they had in the costume. Yeah, and I think what what spurred it was that I think um, Robert Carlyle um, tweeted a, uh, a cover page from the script, and uh-huh. he put the ring on the script. Oh well, maybe maybe it has some significance to Robert. Maybe maybe something's planned I don't know about, but okay. uh, I had never even noticed it, frankly. Or maybe he was just trying to intrigue people. <laughs> yeah, or maybe he was just maybe his finger was itchy. That could be true. (laughs) That could could very well be. Uh, One of the things I really loved about the episode was this um, this sense that emotion causes magic. You need to have the emotion to make magic happen. And that brings us to Emma Mm -hmm. and her magicalness, her magical prowess. Yeah. Um, So um, is it... Is it anger? Is it protectiveness? Is it love? Is it any of the above that you need for magic? Um, all we know is what Rumpel says, and sometimes Rumpel lies. Uh, yes, it does. might be, remember Peter Pan said, think lovely thoughts, and that wasn't actually the secret to flying at all. He'd totally making it up. Um, <laughs> so you know, that had to do with fairy dust was the real thing that made you fly, and he just pretended. Uh, so it could be that. It could be, uh, but I tend to take him at his word, and he and I think he is referring to the magic that defines you, the magic that goes, not the magic, the emotion that defines you. If you are a person with magical, right? I don't think it's just prowess. I think it is um, an, an inherent ability. Right. Ability. That's ridiculous. Right. Ability. Um, okay. And and you know Emma clearly has it, mm-hmm. um, and. It looks as though it is sort of focused, if you think of the magic as the sunbeams and the emotion as the lens that it goes through. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think it's whatever focuses you as a human being focuses your magic. Cora went to anger. Um, mm-hmm. Emma went to, you know, protectiveness and love. Mm-hmm. I think that's significant. Okay. Yeah, I think even before Cora tore her heart out, she was already a person who, through very sad circumstances, had become sort of damaged and and all about anger. Yeah, and I actually, I really love the idea that, um, and, and something that she and Rumpel have in common, is that they come from this place of being victimized mm-hmm. and being bullied or, yeah. you know, oppressed in some way. And that, in my mind, thinking that that's what he may have seen was sort of a kindred spirit in that way. I think that's exactly right. I think that you are you are reading it exactly as as intended. That we wanted these two to to have that very similar. I've been made to kneel down. He was made to kiss that boot, as we saw, right. uh, and and she was made to kneel, as we see in the first act of this episode, and that shaped both of them. 
they were both treated very unfairly by the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they pass it on. You know, how did Rumpel first start out treating Belle? Locked her in the basement. How did Cora treat Regina? You right. know, like, like it's, it's, uh, uh, these are dark characters. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to take another call. So hang on. Mm-hmm. Uh, there we go. Hello. Hi. 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 Um, actually, I have a perfect segue from what you were just talking about with Emma. Um, mm. I was wondering with Emma, is there something a little more special to her than being just true love's baby? Because, you know, we have other babies that were born, like Cinderella and Prince Charming's babies mm-hmm. from true love. And But is there something a little more special in why Emma has magic as opposed to maybe other true love babies? I think Emma is special. And uh, I think that I don't know if it's because there's something extra special about the Snow and Charming Love. They certainly worked hard for it. Uh, or if it's just her her natural saviorness, you know, like she was born to fulfill a really specific purpose. Um, uh, she cert- there certainly is something beyond. There is something. And she's also the mother of the child that could be the undoing of Rumpel. She's just sort of tied into all of these myths and prophecies and and strong strong currents of magic out there in the magosphere so uh mm-hmm. there is it is i certainly don't expect um Cinderella's baby to be doing anything as spectacular as what Emma's doing she is she is something beyond that okay cool. thank cool. you thanks for thanks. calling so um i have some uh I have some uh, questions from the Twitter sphere, but I also uh, wanted to make note of uh, the the reuniting, or at least for the moment, of um, Rumpel and Balefire. Mm-hmm. That lovely, lovely scene. I'm sure they have troubles to work out in the future. Oh yeah. <laughs> but um, can we? What can we expect from them? Whatever you can tell. Um. Yeah, I can't I can't tell anything except that uh I'm there are what can I say? Um I think that we will learn more about um Neil and uh we will learn more about Rumpel and maybe we'll learn more about them together. Interesting. Okay, so speaking of, of Neil Balefire, Neil. Mm-hmm. Um, Tamara, is uh, is it possible that is she like a normal person? <laughs> At least. Well, that is, is she a fairy tale person too? Uh, she, uh, uh, she she seems to be she seems to me to be a normal person. Um, I I think I mean, what could be more normal? There she is. She's engaged to him. She's from New York. We have no reason to think she's ever been anywhere or done anything else. Uh, I think uh, if if uh, you know, we've sort of laid the seed of like, what if ordinary people find out about this world? What would they do with a girl who turns into a wolf sometimes? You know, are they going to mm-hmm. uh, treat her like the mermaid in Splash? And so I think if I were worried about Tamara, I would be worried about her along those lines. Okay. Um, okay. Um, but, you know, maybe I'm just blowing smoke. Well, you can do that. You've been. (laughs) (laughs) This would be a little disclaimer. Like everything Jane says may be bullshit. (laughs) But that's part of the fun. You know, you've got people (laughs) speculating and thinking. 
Exactly. And, and you know, and the thing is, you know, you, I want to come up with answers that aren't just simple denials. To let people worry a little bit. You know, you want, you don't, I don't want to spoil people. And I also don't, I really believe that, you know, like when you read, you know, it, the experience is supposed to be sort of between the viewer and the story, not between mm-hmm. the viewer and, and the author. Right. So I don't want to be too present in any of this. I just I, I want you guys to watch it and enjoy. I I totally can relate to that. Yeah. So I'm gonna I've got some questions now from that have been tweeted to me. Um can you ask Jane if we are going to see some sexy time between Racy Lacey and Gold? That Racy Lacey is from the Paley. Yes, yes, uh, Paley. We sort of uh, there were strong hints that um, the name Lacey, that's on an up the title of an upcoming episode, may in some mysterious way refer to Belle. Um, uh, sexy times. I certainly think you could see. You keep your eye on those two. Those two crazy kids, I don't think you should, like, leave them alone in a room with <laughs> chapstick or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. And, and the corollary question, and maybe you just answered it, can Jane tell us anything about episode 219, Lacey? Yeah. I, I feel that the at the Paley fa- panel it became very clear that Lacey was a name for another name for Belle. Um, and you'll you'll find out more, but uh, uh, she was also called Racy Lacey, so I think it is fair to assume that this is sort of a a different take on Belle. Uh, uh, cool. Yeah. Um, can you please ask Jane if we will ever see how Regina got and gave away the curse? Because we've never seen that. Um, the uh, yeah, because she. Um, we will see we will learn more about that we will learn more about the history of the curse how it how it a little bit of more of the how it changed hands or um you know how it we'll learn more about that stuff absolutely and i i also want to remember remind people that the will we ever will we never questions are almost always impossible to answer because Correct. um over 7 seasons yeah, right. We will pretty much do everything. <laughs> Over seven seasons, anything yeah. can happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I would guess that that the origin of Regina getting the curse and her interplay with Maleficent is is a pretty big void right now. It's just yeah. begging to be filled. Yes, absolutely. And we're not going to do that all this year, but we will. We will fill in more of the gaps of that. Um, I guess I can say sort of of her of her decision-making process that led to the getting of it. Okay. That's fair enough. Um, Question, actually, a couple of people have asked this in different ways. Um, We've gotten some great rumple bell scenes this year, but always downs, downs and downs, and no ups, no romance, no sweet times. Well, we saw them share that hamburger. Uh, We haven't seen them that much, but when we did, we saw them having, like, a really cute... Uh, dinner scene it was interrupted, but it, uh, it didn't have in itself darkness. We saw um, them getting out, the, um, preparing to cross the border, which mm-hmm. was you know getting the call out, and him preparing to go to New York. And we saw the her when he was um, about to cross the border, and he like kissed her hand in the car. Mm-hmm. Like we've actually Very seen sweet. quite a lot of uh, of of really sweet moments between the two of them. You know, the problem is, of course, those aren't 
and there may be a reason people are forgetting, and those aren't the most dramatic moments, you know. The, right. Um, and they're small moments, and right. I, yeah. I yeah. mean, I think I think some some of the fans who are really really fans of that relationship have said, have felt that um, it's been, you know, in, in very small little bites. But yeah, I think that's because they have been so happy when when you know they for a long time of the season they were sort of off on their own um in his house even before she lost her memories they were they were pretty happy um and so that means there's there's you know you don't just want to tell a story about them you know hanging out the wash on the line and <laughs> right. going to the Winn Dixie for <laughs> for creamsicles or something you want to when you to make a story you know and you want some drama and conflict so uh it wasn't until things started going wrong that we started seeing a little more of the uh, of of them and uh, uh, and what's coming along, whether you think it's up or down, we're, we're heading into an interesting story with them. Where I could imagine some fans saying "Hooray, happiness," and other fans not. It's it's uh, we're heading into a really interesting thing with lots of story between them. Oh, good. That'll be interesting because that's a that's a really interesting um, relationship. Mm-hmm. Somebody just put in the in the chat room, angst equals more love. I, I I tend to agree. I like the angsty stuff, so I I haven't had. Well, any you have, yeah. If you want to tell a story about love, love conquers all. You have to give it something to conquer. So yeah. I mean, even an episode, you know, of of Dick Van Dyke show that was all about that a very happy relationship, sort mm-hmm. of. Uh, Every episode, you know, a lot of the episodes are like, oh, no, they're in conflict. How are they going to overcome it? Uh, Mad About You, a tremendous romantic comedy. Uh, mm-hmm. Even Husbands, I dare say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you remember oh, season yeah. season two of Husbands yeah. where uh, Cheeks shakes those stick tongs at Brady and is like, I want out of this. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, my God, are the guys going to make it? Um, right, right. And yeah, uh, I think if you didn't – if, if Cheeks and Brady or Rumpel and Gull, Rumpel and Belle were happy all the time. You would quickly find them drifting off screen. Well, I, I think, and I think that's one of the things I really like about um, this little bit of darkness being put there with Snow White. Yes, actually, that's a good example. Snow and Charming love each other so much, um, and uh, uh, have so so rarely is there a conflict or disagreement between them that that when Charming did sort of say like no you can't go kill her like it sort of you could feel it upping the excitement and the energy level between the two because there's a that that charge was back between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of talk um, on the internet and I know that you've answered it, but uh, on Twitter, but um, a lot of people were wondering if Regina is Rumples daughter no the episode very explicitly was supposed to that's make what that i thought clear yeah because yeah she says if i have a child it won't be yours and he clearly well, couldn't take that baby so it clearly wasn't his right right yeah. right if, if it was his he would have taken, taken the baby and he would have known i mean he would have known he would have had to have known he would have known or he would have reached out and seen if, seen if the magic let him do it or not um right because their agreement said that he could um yeah absolutely that regina is not his child um, and I saw a lot of people being confused about um, the, or Henry and Princess Ava, who Snow's mom, obviously, who we saw spill the flower, are if Ava is the sister or is otherwise related to, to Henry, 
then that makes snow and Regina related, and it leads to all sorts of complications. Um, and no, they're not. We, we that's why we said she's visiting from the Northern Kingdom. Mm-hmm. So. Snow went on. Snow's mom went on to become queen of a very different kingdom and was unrelated right. to that family. Right, and was yeah. quite a nasty person. <laughs> she was at that stage. Later on, when yeah. she became Marina Sofer, she was lovely. So there's clearly yeah. a story left to be told there, whether we get to it this season or in a later season. Yeah, and and it's funny because you see that with with young Snow too, because in the last episode, not not Miller's daughter, but the one before it. When you see Snow being quite the little brat. Exactly. This seems to be a thing, either just in that family or perhaps in humanity in general, that everyone's kind of an ass when they're a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) It could very well be. (laughs) Uh, Another question from Twitter. Does Rumpel have the memories of previous dark ones? If so, will we ever meet them? We could certainly meet previous dark ones. Uh, we have not established him having their memories. That would be news to me. But, you know, sometimes I learn stuff in the writer's room that I didn't know before. Uh, okay. I've, I've, I haven't heard that mentioned, but um, I, I certainly could imagine us telling a story where he realizes that he can or he reveals that he can, but it's not something we've talked about yet. Okay. Um, what about uh, Neil and Emma? Are we going to see some good stuff with them maybe? Well, that's an interesting thing. Now, Neil's got that fiancé, remember? Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a friend, dear friend of mine, now a very successful screenwriter, who told me once, fiancés are like walls. They can be moved. <laughs> that's true, especially for dramatic effect. <laughs> or, you know, a major remodeling. Or a major remodeling. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and... You know what, and what about Hook and Emma? So you know we could have a really interesting triangle. Yes, um, uh, Hook, as I say, is on his way back. Um, it's interesting that the number of tweets that I get saying, "Oh dear God, if you get Hook and Emma together, I will never watch the show again," is exactly equal to the number of tweets that I get that say, "Oh my God, if you don't get Hook and Emma together, I am never watching the show again." <laughs> So the the number of people who are adamantly for it and the number who are adamantly against it seems to be exactly equal. We'll have to see that, which is what you want, of course. Yeah, you right, want right. both both sidelines to be full of cheerleaders. Right, and see, this is why you can't like pick a ship. You know, you have to sort you of cannot pick a ship. That cannot right. um, because you have to let people sort of well, figure it out. You want them all to be good. You want every potential relationship on the show. You want someone to either be rooting for it, against it, or at very least interested and engaged in it. If you have a relationship where everybody's like, oh, yeah, those two are destined. It's just a matter of watching the clock till they get together. It's not as much fun as like, oh, no, or oh, yay, or what if it does? What if it doesn't? Like, you want that. Right, right, absolutely. Um, so... By the way, guys, if you want to call in, we've got some free lines. It's 718-305-6982. I see lots of chatter in the chat room, and it's really, really hard to keep up with what's going on because <laughs> uh, it goes by so quickly. And we have 76 people in the chat room. So, Oh, my goodness. I know. Um, they should all hop on the phone and ask a question. I know. I think I can, like, have 50 people in line to, to ask questions. <laughs> So, and, and we never are, get through them all. And, and guys, if you're tweeting questions at me, I can't take my eyes off the studio to actually look in the 
in my Twitter feed. Um, so don't tweet me. Um, call in or put something in the chat room. So, um, but people are uh, are asking, are, are saying that their questions are being answered, which is good. Mm. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, oh, here's another question, which is kind of an interesting question, and you probably can't answer it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Mm-hmm. Does Hook kidnap Henry and take him to Neverland? I can't answer that kind of thing. Don't you want to watch and find out? Imagine what would happen if I answered. What if I said no? Or what if I said yes? Oh, my God. Um, Then, oh, my goodness. I would think it would be disastrous. You can't. You can't answer that because that would give away something. Uh, It would. All sorts of stuff. Yeah. I am going to take a call. Hang on a second. Hi, you're on the air. Do you have a call? Hi. 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 Hi, Jean. Hi, Barbara. Hi. Very nice to speak with you. Jean, I've long been a, an admirer of you since um, Buffy. I'm a really big fan of that. Oh, um, um And I can't believe I'm talking to somebody who worked with Joss Whedon. That's blowing my mind right now. Um, <laughs> um, so I just wanted to kind of, being a, being a Buffy fan, um, mm-hmm. I kind of wondered if you kind of feel as as I do, that there's a little bit of spike in Hook. He's, he's you know, kind of spike-like to me. Yeah, I I I agree. I think there's a lot of spike in Hook. Um, and somebody it's not just else. the leather or the sarcasm. It's the constantly getting his ass handed to him by a blonde. I, you know, that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I suppose that's true. I didn't think of that part. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was always Giles who we used to make the jokes about in the writers' room about Buffy about if he gets knocked out one more time. <laughs> and on this show, it seems to be Hook. Um, but yeah, there is a lot of spike in how Hook is written. I think some of it's the accent of the actor. Um, yeah. So you, you know, you, you throw in the occasional bloody or something and make them um, extra British, and you suddenly you realize, like, hey, the last time I wrote bloody was for Spike. <laughs> um, and yeah, um, and he's got yeah. that same that same attitude, that same I'm a bad boy, don't you want me kind of yeah. uh, thing that 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 some people love and some people hate, but everybody reacts to it. Exactly. Um, you should know that um, a lot of people are now shipping Hook with the floor. I, I saw that. Somebody <laughs> tweeted me about that. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's just like Giles. Giles all over again. <laughs> it's, exactly like, <laughs> it's exactly like Giles. Um, well, thank you for um, talking to me. I am really um, can't wait for the rest of the season. Thank you. I think you're going to love it. Oh, I Thanks hope so. Calling. I know I will. Bye. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. And we have a bunch of calls now. Okay, so here's another call. And hi, you're on the air. Hi. Hi. Hi, you're on the air. Did you have a question? I guess not. Oh, maybe they just wanted to say hi. That's so cute. Maybe. Okay, (laughs) here's somebody else. Hello. Hang on, hang on. Hi, you're on the air. Hello. They got scared. I know. I think what they are is, they, is that they hear the voice just continuing like it's just regular radio. So if you yeah. if you hear all of you just try saying hi when you when there's any pause. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It's it's people specifically have to punch a button if they want to talk. So um, we'll try one more. Who has the hello? You're on the air. Hello. It's nice to talk to you. There we go. Hi. Hi. 
Um, I just wanted to say that I thought it was interesting that um, Charming was telling Snow, um, this is who you really are. And then later on, Rumple did the same thing for Belle, telling her, this is who you really are. Oh, you're right. Ooh. Oh, I'm a very clever writer. Or <laughs> I just got lucky. Um, yeah. uh, that's one of those where you go like, oh, my subconscious is good. Um, yeah. But, or it's entirely possible that Eddie and Adam totally told me to do that in the room and I've forgotten. But you're right. And that's cool. That's one of those things where, where you like you don't even realize you're doing it. That's yeah. great. Yeah. What a good catch. Yeah. And um, I, it was just an awesome episode, and it's really great to chat with you. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank people you. I love this episode. I'm so glad because I wasn't you. entirely sure because I knew a lot of people would would be upset to see Rumpa with anyone but Belle. You and know, I, I, I was I knew it would take a lot of delicacy to make them not reject that. I I'll tell you I I got. So many emails from people who, when they saw the promos, were like, this is impossible. How can they do that? They've they've so downplayed Rumpel and Belle this year. How could they bring in somebody else? And, and isn't this horrible? And and then I saw the episode, and I said, just wait. Just mm-hmm. chill out, guys. Just hang on. And since the episode aired, I think there's one person who – post-episode, still wasn't very happy about it. But most of the people have said, what an incredible episode. That's, I think- that's really gratifying because I get, I would be, if, if, if there's a character, a pairing that I love and then something undermines it or one of them cheats on the other one or they, or they, or yeah, we reveal that this, they, they weren't always each other's one and only, like, I feel that too. I totally get that as a fan. And so mm-hmm. I was very, I was very worried about this one. And it's, I think people have been, uh, very, very cool and open-minded to go mm-hmm. like, okay, like, yeah, he's a long, he's pretty old. He's he's had other loves, but but sure. they were different. You know? Yeah, I mean, and, and Rumpel strikes me as fundamentally under it all kind of a romantic, as odd as that. I means. agree. I agree. And maybe it's Rumpel be- that's like Spike. Rumpel, the you know Spike, the former poet. There you go. That could very mm-hmm. well be. But I think that that scene between Rumpelstiltskin and Belle, that phone call, um, went a long, long way to mitigate what might have been people being really upset about I, I Yeah, I, I really I I really wanted that phone call to work. I'm so glad that it did. It was an amazing one minute and 56 seconds or however long <laughs> it was. Um, it was brilliantly played. Um, yeah, that's really... the thing. I, I, you know, you debate how much should I give Belle to say, and it's like, well, Belle doesn't have these memories, but she would be so moved by this call. Like, I'm going to have Bobby do all the talking, and but, but let Emily do a whole lot of acting. And between the two of them, I thought they just really brought that home. It was really an awesome scene. It, it really... Was it, and, and I can't imagine anyone who is a fan of that relationship to think anything else. And it was really interesting watching the dailies for that scene because the you know you you know on one day you saw sort of Rumple side of the phone call and on a totally different day, uh, if I recall, you saw the Emily side where it was just her, you know, the camera's just on her, um, and she's you know listening to the phone call um, and doing but but coming up with all of that reaction sort of. Mm-hmm just on her own and she's amazing 
We were just yeah. watching from the writer's room, just going like, oh, my God, she's, she's look at those actress. tears, you know. Yeah, excellent, yeah. excellent, excellent. What a great scene. So um, I have uh, to ask about the Blue Fairy. People are wondering mm-hmm. about that chick. <laughs> What's her thing? Is she is she really as sweet and sugary as she seems, or is there uh, something else going behind that uh, Mother Superior attitude? <laughs> Superior attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I she I mean we've only seen her be good, and the one time we saw her be bad was um uh, when she wasn't really her, and uh right. you know you can debate um uh, has she been her all the times we've seen her, or there other times she wasn't her. That's an interesting discussion, but I can't think of a time where we've seen her be her where she hasn't been um. Uh, genuinely good and helpful. I mean, if she's playing this undercover, she's playing a pretty deep game. Yeah, I would I would think she's probably yeah. a pretty good guy. We have another call. We have, like, time for just a couple calls. Hang on one second. Mm-hmm. Let's see if she or he is here. Hello, you're on the air. Hello. It's always the ladies, isn't it? <laughs> Hello. She's not she, he or she. I have no idea if it's Hello? a guy or oh, – Oh, there hi. we go. Hello. Hi. Oh my god, am I, am I actually patched through? Yes, yeah. you are patched through. You are on oh, the air. Cool. Oh, cool. Hey, Jane. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big Once fan. You have to forgive me if this has already been asked. I'm kind of just uh, tuning in right now, but I was just wondering. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of the show. Of you know, a lot of the ways that characters are kind of developed going forward. But one thing that has always sort of gotten to me, and I think gets to a lot of fans. Um, Oh yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been moving crap. All the time. <laughs> I understand. But, um, Catch your breath. But um, specifically pertains to uh, Regina's relationship with Henry, and how there seems to be this kind of inherent superiority of his relationship with Emma and with Neil based on blood relations. And I, you know, I have friends who, you know, are adopted members of families, and you know, they see it as kind of problematic and kind of. Person yeah. that the woman who raised him for ten years is sort of is now just Regina, and this lady who came into his life, you know, a year ago is mom. Kind of, I mean, you you have to see that that's kind of questionable to people. Yeah. I I'm I guess I get what people are going. I, uh, absolutely, if this were a show that didn't have good and evil in it, absolutely, absolutely. But the fact that Regina is is evil to me makes it kind of different. Um, you know, we can, we can, I mean, I, I, I certainly, I don't want to, I absolutely support adoption. Everyone in the writer's room supports adoption. We've never had a conversation about, about blood being superior. We've never, that's certainly never been anything that's been active in the writer's room. Um, it's always been on the basis of Regina, um, you know, keeps trying to kill them and, and has you know done a lot of evil things you know she remember she told henry like well you can you know stay here you can make your friends love you you know like she's she's pretty well, that's, dark that's character. not necessarily evil that's just coming from a place of her oh know, it's totally of coming from socially confronted i mean you know and, and that actually kind of ties into another thing is you know especially the responses on twitter and you know from speaking with adam and it's always sort of Regina's evil, Regina's evil, Regina's evil. A lot of, and I'm sure you guys, you write these characters, so you have to see the, you know, other layers. A lot of us are watching, and we're saying, 
you know, Regina's kind of a victim of circumstance, not unlike oh, yeah. Ruby, not yeah. unlike other characters. So, like, when you tell yeah. me, well, Regina's parenting is questioned because she's evil, I just got to say, well, you know, considering that she never really had a positive mother figure, I think oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we, we pretty good. I mean, that's not really, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, we, write, we definitely write her with the greatest try to import the greatest sympathy and show where where darkness comes from because remember darkness is is made not born um no one is born evil it's circumstances um but given the dark energy in her in her household and i just would as a as a responsible person i would hesitate to leave a small child in that household but other people might disagree um, certainly it's not meant to be on the basis of blood or not, though. I mean, I think if if Regina had been the birth mother and Emma was the adoptive mother, um, I certainly would still be concerned about leaving Henry unguarded in her care. I mean, look what, you know, the the relationship that Regina had with Graham, where she's like, okay, you're going to be, you're going to be my sex slave and have no say in it. That's, in, and they were having sex in the house. It, I don't know. I mean, it's. I think it's. It's certainly open for debate. I don't know. I'm not a parent. I've never had a child. I've never considered having a child. Um, so I don't. I guess I can't say to speak to anyone's parenting. But I certainly. We certainly have. I've heard no one in the writers' room ever express an anti-adoption sentiment in any way. It's never been out in our thoughts as we're breaking a story. It's. It's just. I mean, part of it is that we're coming from fairy tales where, you know, the um, the, the notion of bad parenting <laughs> is maybe always highly present. You know, we saw the, you know, Hansel, did Hansel and Gretel's father abandon them in the woods? I mean, that's dark stuff. So, um, just, a, just a continuity question because I think um, we'll you know, I'm sorry, I have to interrupt. I'm really sorry. Um, we're completely out of time. Ah. And the show is not being broadcast anymore. This part oh. it will be, be on the archive. <laughs> you know, so if you listen to the archive, you'll, you'll people will hear this part, but mm-hmm. um, people can't hear us that are listening in. So, oh, good night, America. Thank you, Jane. Thank you so very, very much for being on the show. Thank you, and and I hope I answered the question. I, I all I could say is that that if that impression is being given, it's certainly not. No one is it coming is. in with that agenda. I can assure you, it, it is. It is. Um, I'm startled because I can't imagine I, what group of people would sit down and go, "We want to give a bad impression of adoption." Is are there anti-adoption people? Like it just seems like a weird agenda. Who would go in to write a show to be against adoption? Right, right, of course. You know, it just seems like it's certainly not – I don't know any – I've never met anyone with that agenda. And you know what? I have a friend who is uh, who's two adopted children, and she is a huge, huge fan of the show and works with adopted children, and she's never made that connection. So – yeah, I'm I'm surprised. I mean, I certainly. I mean, what can I say? I'm not a parent, so I shouldn't even speak to it. But I certainly don't don't. I've never felt that 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 we were trying to do that. Well, thank you so very much. I hope you'll come back on the show another time. Absolutely. Okay, great. And be take care, be well, and enjoy all the promotion stuff for husbands. Thank you, thank you. We will. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Bye bye. Okay, bye bye.